Hi, welcome back to our Haikyuu fanfic podcast, welcome which we back. finally have a name for. We finally have a name for it, which is Haikyuu fanfic podcast. Yes. Because we're not creative. No, that's so creative. Let's talk it's about so it. <laughs> Let's talk about how creative that is. Honestly, go well, us. That was really good. Thank you, guys. You know what? <laughs> I really pulled out the big guns of my creativity for this one. And today we're talking about Hand Study by Burfin Wrights on AO3. And we have a little bit more structure this time in how we're going to discuss it. We're going to start off with spoiler-free thoughts. So those of you who haven't read it, which you should if you haven't, um, you can still enjoy this. And then when you read it, you can come back and listen to our spoilery thoughts, which will be in the second half of this podcast. Oh, yes. Um, and then before we get started, because we wouldn't be us if we sit on topic the whole time, we're just going to give some brief <laughs> updates on how we've been doing since the last time we were on this thing, talking about right, this. So I'm, Go ahead. I'm Hannah. I'm Hannah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and recently I've been obsessed with Slither.io, that stupid little browser game where you play as a snake, and it crashed my computer because I tried to start my career as a Twitch streamer exclusively playing Slither.io. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And um, Twitch knew I would be too powerful, so they crashed my computer. Twitch crashed your computer? A combination of Twitch and Slither.io. They didn't want to see it. They liked, this is the dumbest idea we've ever (laughs) seen. They didn't want to see it. However, I would have loved to watch your Twitches of you trying to play Slither.io because it's literally the dumbest game. Destiny, I can't bring this up to me. Okay, it's like it's like dumb in the way that it's like so simple and, and yet invokes such an, a visceral response. And I think your response is really Truly. funny because you get angry so fast. I get so angry at that game. I played it for like five minutes and I was like, yeah, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do this. Um, I played for hours. I got up to the leaderboard one time. Like I was in the top 10. Yeah. I was really proud of myself. Alrighty. Well, my little update is that I am still reading unhealthy amounts of fan fiction. And that's all I got mm-hmm. for you. That's really all I've got existing in my head right now. Oh, I'm lying. Hello. Um, my name is Destiny. And yesterday was Komori Motoya's birthday. And we need to talk about it. Happy birthday to the best boy out there because I love you. And it would not be me. I wouldn't be me. <laughs> I didn't take a second to highlight the boy who is the center of my universe besides Sasu Azu. I love you so much. Happy um, Komori season. It's not Leo season. It is Komori season. It's dedicated to him. It is bir- his, it's his birthday every day this month. And I will waste no chances to talk about it. Thank you very much. <laughs> Wait, is Komori a Leo? That really like, makes Leo. sense. That makes sense to me. It does make sense to me. You know what also makes sense to me? How compatible Tauruses and Leos are. That makes sense. Is that? I don't think that's a true statement. Listen, I saw it once on TikTok. <laughs> I resonated with it. And so for me, it's going to oh, be true. Oh, It's going to okay, be true well, today. It's on TikTok. As we know, people can't lie on TikTok. People so cannot lie on TikTok. It. So they said it on TikTok, it has to be true. Exactly. And first of all, let's not act like compatibility. <laughs> Half of compatibility between Zodiac signs is also burst off, based off like personal experiences with other Zodiac signs. Let's, no, talk, about so let's talk about that. That's because so if I I'm say, so biased against exactly. a particular sign that my ex is. I think we're biased against the date. same sign. Is it Sagittarius? It is Sagittarius. Very biased against Sagittarius. <laughs> no hate to Sagittarius. We gotta start putting disclaimers before we start doing that. We do. 
that's true. It's just my ex-girlfriend was a Sagittarius. And I have an ex-friend that was a Sagittarius. Yeah, it's personal experiences only. Literally, that's why I said it was biased. However, let's get into hand study. We're going to actually do this right this time. Yeah. (laughs) Our last one was such a mess. (laughs) It was. I actually, I listened to it back. We spent like literally 15 minutes talking about everything but concrete the beat great like, concrete but Salma was <laughs> she's like why are you guys talking about Salma, Salma was texting me while she was listening to it and she was like why are you guys talking about divergent <laughs> I love that for us we spent literally like 15 minutes talking about divergent our zodiac signs and tiktok we spent probably less than five minutes talking about the Hercules the courtship rituals of the Hercules Beatles and then we jumped in to like conquering the great king Iwa Oi, Saku Atsu, tropes and everything but what we were supposed to be talking about yeah so we're gonna stay on topic this time even though we're five minutes in and we have not started Destiny stop bringing me down <laughs> okay. <Bad vibes. laughs> okay. let's start off with our spoiler free thoughts okay on hand study Okay, so first off, Hand Study is an e-rated fic. Um, and this fic, okay. yeah. So just so you first know. disclaimer, yeah. we will, in our spoiler thoughts, we will discuss the NSFW scenes. Yeah. Um, but just so there's a heads up that there are NSFW scenes in this fic. Um, and they are great, number one. They're, they're amazing. <laughs> they're so good. Let's start off by saying how fucking amazing this fic is. It is quite literally a work of art, in my opinion. This fic means absolutely everything to me. It means everything to me. Um, it's one of my comfort fics. It's in my top five fics that I've read in general. Um, and it checks like every, almost every single box that I'm looking for. And I mean that affectionately because the last back, the last box it doesn't check. It actually does check. I'm just being salty <laughs> about it. Um, but that's for the spoiler-free thoughts. Like there's mutual pining. There's getting together. There's, I mean, it's enemies to lovers, but it's really like enemies to friends to lovers, kind of. If you really think about it. And that little friends piece in the middle, you know, that's like crap to me. So that was everything to me. Um, and I'd also just like to talk about really quickly how this was Burfin's first fic. And I just don't know how special and chosen by the gods you have to be to take your little fingers to your computer and have your first fic be this good. Because it's quite literally amazing. And I can't say enough positive things about it. You want to know a fun fact? My first fic that I ever wrote... Um, was a John Locke smut one <laughs> shot that I wrote when I was 14. Oh my god. So this being Burfin's first fic is, is quite literally like an achievement all in its own. Like it's so incredible. Exactly. We both own the physical copies of this um, yeah. fan fiction and we bought it you from Burfin directly. Her, yeah, you can buy it on her Ko-Fi. She's really sweet. She is so sweet. I love her. I was actually really nervous to message her, um, even though you're literally supposed to message her after you buy it so that she can send you the tracking info. But I was so nervous to message her. And when I did, she was so nice um, and just genuinely really sweet. And it made me so happy because here's the thing. Whenever I'm, like, really, really, really enjoying a fic, I forget that the author 
is literally just a person and this is actually a fan fiction not a book um because in my head yeah they feel like celebrities they feel like celebrities and these don't feel like fan fictions these feel like novels which is why I was sprinting to go buy the like physical copy as soon as I found out that it was like it existed because I'm like I need this I can't live without this so when she responded to me I was like this might as well be like Colleen fucking Hoover um or what's another really popular author that I like I don't know. I've been reading fan fiction all year. But this felt like one of my like, favorite authors were responding to me. Who do you like? Yeah, that is, it is what it's like. I was going to say the Schwab is my favorite author. Uh, and, like, I've met her in person, and she was really nice, and I was so nervous to say anything. Like, I went to a book signing of hers. That mm-hmm. it, it is similar to how that feels, like, it, like messaging perfect. <laughs> <laughs> like, on Twitter. <laughs> messaging her on Twitter felt like going to my favorite author's book signing and like meeting her in person because it was just like the same kind of nerves and I was like I love your mind so much your for mind. producing this literally consume it literally you deserve all the roses and all the gold stars honestly and also I don't know why my brain just I hate when my brain does that <laughs> I'm, I'm literally talking and then my brain will literally just like reboot why I don't know, um, but I guess we could get into some of the more spoiler-free thoughts. And oh, I was gonna, yeah, um, I'm gonna read the synopsis. Yeah, that's a good idea. Um, just to give you guys, if you haven't read it, to understand like kind of what the plot is about. Yeah. Um, if you haven't read it, first of all, what the fuck are you doing? Please, Please. this podcast, <laughs> go read it right now. Like it's so good. Okay, but the synopsis is Mia Atsumu accidentally hurts Sakusa Kiyomi's hand in practice in a practice match. And he is all over the latter's house, cooking him meals, unraveling the man, and feeding him with his own hands for a while. He's doing it solely out of the burden of his own conscience and for the fun of it. Not because of his non-existent, enormous crush on Sakusa, thank you. Exactly. And I I love the little thank you at the end because it reminds <laughs> me of that scene. It reminds me of that scene in 10 Things I Hate About You where Bianca's like, I happen to like being the door, thank you. That's just how I read it every time. I'm like, thank you. That is so... I love it. I, you know what? That that synopsis has given me a lot of stress because <laughs> because I was reading, I was in preparation to try to gather some like semblance of like intelligence and thoughts to talk about this. I was reading the physical copy at work yesterday, and my coworker was like, "Oh, like that's a cool looking book. What's that about?" And the way my brain shut down, similar to how it just blinked a second ago where I went quiet, I was like, "Oh." Okay, I was like, in my head, everything slowed down. I was like, okay, here's a list of things that we could possibly say. Oh, it's a romance. I can't say that. A romance about fucking what? <laughs> like, I was like, and if I start talking and I try to lie or, like, come up with something that's, like, act not actually what it's about, the only thing that's going to come out is that this is a uh, gay fan fiction about a boy who hurts another boy's hand. And then a lot of stuff happens. Um, and so I took to Twitter to try to figure out what I could say. I was like, what do you say to someone who asked you, who asked you what is hands to be about in public? And of course, Salma came in and she was like, it's about a sentient hand that goes to college. <laughs> I was I was literally dying while I was at work and I was like, if only, and then somebody else would say, oh, like it's about the anatomy of a hand. Yes. And I was like, that's a, that's a valid answer, except I have two brain cells and I cannot just go around and act like I know how to back up that statement with anything. <laughs> so I just ended oh up saying, gosh. "Oh, I like haven't read it yet. I don't really know what it's about." 
just haven't read it yet. Yeah. Makes a whole podcast about it. Exactly. I am an international super spy, if you will. I also brought it to work. I also brought it to work. And my um, slightly homophobic boss, I don't even know if slight is the right word. I don't know how to describe what he is. Anyway, he definitely read the back of it. And it is very clearly about two men. And I was just like, well, I hope I don't get fired. And then my coworker asked me what it was about, but I have no shame. I simply elect not to choose it. Mm-hmm. I'm not like, I simply choose not to experience embarrassment anymore. And I think that's I evident that. in how I, it's, I, it's evident in how I message people on Twitter without <laughs> hesitation. I'm like, can I harass you? Yes. Please block me on Twitter. Honestly. Anyway, my coworker asked me what it was about. And I said it was a, a gay fan fiction and she just laughed. And so I have that going for me. See, my coworker was like, she's like, she's like 50 or something. Mm -hmm. She's like a grandma. She's like, her kids have kids. And I was like, I Mm -hmm. don't really know how to approach this conversation. My coworker was too. She also has grown kids who have their own kids. And she's like, what's that about? And I was like, it's a fan fiction and about gay volleyball players. And she just laughed. We love to see. Anyway, <laughs> she invited me to come smoke weed at her house, though. So I think. Oh, okay. Cool. No, she's definitely yeah, she's cool. cool. Anyway, let's get into our spoiler thoughts. So moving forward, if you haven't read this, we are going to discuss spoilers again for like the fifth time. If you haven't read this, leave. Go, go read it. Go fucking. Why are read you this still book. here? I feel like our thoughts. Here's the thing. I know last episode I said I wasn't an authority on Uo Oi or Sakuatsu. I do feel like I'm an authority on hand study. I'm gonna say that right now. Um simply enough so that I can give <laughs> myself the validation to say that if I've already said that you should go read this, then why are you still here? You should be reading it. Yeah. You should be reading it. If you Honestly, haven't read hand study, please read it. I take that back. That doesn't feel right coming from me. I'm gonna leave that I know everything about everything to the Virgo. I'm gonna leave that to you, Hannah. Actually I'm gonna politely I take it back and I'm going to politely ask that you read this book, please. Thank you. I am an asshole and I do know everything about everything and I am commanding you to read this. Here, you want to see a fun fact, Destiny? What? It's not, it's not really. Girl, I thought we talked about fun facts. <laughs> the way I was so not... ready to listen to it and I took it back immediately. What is okay, it? Okay, so I have like, so I wrote down like my thoughts. So I have like all my thoughts over here about uh-huh. hand study. And then right next to it is where I was trying to calculate the universal gravitational constant backwards and sent that math to you. Yeah. So it's like hand study physics. This is the duality of man. And this shows how fucking annoying I am that I do physics math for fun and I send it to my friends. And I can't That's understand me. it. <laughs> I can't understand. Yeah, being my friend is truly a, an experience. Also, to say the least. And we are like complete opposites, honestly. Especially because, like, you're like, oh, like here is how you con you calculate the whatever the fuck you just said about whatever that. And I'm just like, listen, I chose a major where I didn't have to do any math or science. So sorry, Miss Big Brain Girl, but I'm over here saving the world with my humanities. Okay. <laughs> Humanities. <laughs> yes. Humanities are important. I was also a, a humanities major in college. I had a double major. Oh, you did? Yeah. I was international studies and geology. The duality of Hannah. 
Yeah, I contain multitudes, like Walt Whitman said. Oh, here, that reminds me of another thought I have. That's not really a spoilery thought, but I meant to include it, but my brain is stupid. That's okay. Um, I love the inclusion of poetry mm-hmm. in this fic. As you know, if you've ever read a fic that I've written, <laughs> you know that I go fucking crazy for the poetry. Yes. And I love I love the choice that Burfin included. Wait, what is it? Hold on, let me find it. Anyway, there's a poem at the beginning that's referenced again later in, like, the last chapter. Mm-hmm. Fucking stunning. Anytime anyone includes poetry in a fic, I'm going to go fucking feral for it. I love poetry. So I also, that's a thought. Yes. Hannah's, like, so feral of that. Anytime she writes a fic, it has to be, Omi specifically, because she's in love with him, has to be the most philosophical, poetic motherfucker. Except in your last fic, it was Atsumu that said the really good um, poetic line that had me, like, in my feels wanting to cry. I was like, oh, my God, this is so good. And I'm not even that, like, I'm not super into poetry, but, like, I really do appreciate it, especially in fanfics, because it does add, like, a little... Adds a little something. You hyping up my my fan fiction in particular just means a lot to me. I appreciate it. And it's not fake hype. I just I'm also really awkward when I compliment things, Um, but I do mean it sincerely, honestly. Thank you. However, we are supposed to be hyping up hand study yet again. (laughs) All right, um, go for it. Okay. Well, here's the thing. There's a couple of things. This, this, this. There's a couple of things in this fic. First of all, Atsumu in this fic has a literal heart of gold. He I is, love Atsumu in this fic. He. One thing that I love about Atsumu as a character, especially like in this fic, but I've also seen it done in multiple fan fiction, is how respectful he is. Yes, he's hot and respectful. He respects Omi's boundaries. So overly so, like to the point where Omi's like, listen, you don't really have to do this. And he's like, no, I do need to do this because you don't like it. You set a boundary and I'm going to follow it. And I love that. And in this fic, he does something that he doesn't do in other fics where he gets on Omi for not setting enough boundaries um, and like not setting up enough things to protect himself. And he's like, well, damn, Omi, like you keep... forcing me into these situations and I know you have thoughts about those situations so I'll let you talk about it um but you keep forcing me into the situations before we can talk about it and set appropriate boundaries and I'm just like how is he such a literal darling sweet boy I okay. love you there's one part where Oikawa calls him husband material and that's accurate First he really point. is he is so respectful husband material and that's is so true. <laughs> so true. Oh, we didn't even talk about exactly what happened in the beginning. So the fix starts. Oh, oh my God. We are so bad at this. It's because whenever we're talking to each other, we already know that we've both read it. And so we just skip mm-hmm. to talking about all the parts that we like and forget to talk about the things that would actually make this make sense to anybody else partaking in this conversation. The fix starts. It's canon compliant. Kind of, I think it's canon compliant. If it's like follows yeah. the canon verse post time skip where they're like right. actually on the, the MSBY Black Jackals. Um, mm-hmm. And so they're at practice and they're like practicing. I think they're doing, they're like on two separate teams, just doing like a practice game amongst the team members. And um, Atsumu goes to spike a ball and Omi's doing the block, except Atsumu spiked it really hard and it ends up like dislocating Omi's like hand right in between like his pinky and like. Um, his ring finger and so it kind of like splits right there and he's like in a lot of pain and it starts bleeding 
And Atsumu has to like help him go to the team doctor who then lets Omi know that he's going to have to sit out for two to three weeks to recover, but otherwise he'll be fine. And Atsumu feels intense, intense guilt because he's like, how, he's like, if that were, like, I'm a setter, so I know how that feels. And he's also a volleyball idiot. So he's like, if I had to sit out for practice for three weeks, I would be livid. So he's like drowning in guilt. Meanwhile, Omi is like, it's literally no big deal. It could have happened to anybody. It wasn't actually your fault. If anything, I messed up the block. And you're like, you're supposed to spike hard. That's literally your job. So, like, I'm not mad at you for that. Um, except Atsumi does feel super bad. So he offers to drive Omi home, um, which Omi begrudgingly accepts. He, d- he does put up a fight first <laughs> because he's like, I can do this myself. And he's like, and Atsumi's like, really, can you? You have one hand and then you'll have to like touch the steering wheel, touch the door, do all of these things. And then you'll be in pain. So let me help you. And he actually, surprisingly, lets Atsumi help him home. So he drives him home. Um, and then once they get there, Atsumi takes a shower and then things get really domestic after that because mm-hmm. Osmu then cooks Omi dinner um and then Omi tries to eat and he can't eat it so Osmu proceeds to like cut up the food into bite-sized oh my pieces God. he screamed at Omi I was literally oh and they were making eye contact the whole time this it was too much for me it was quite literally too much and a very <laughs> intense start to a thick I think because it's not a slow burn at all like things, right. things just start happening from the beginning. Like it starts off with mm-hmm. that. Like um, Omi immediately gets hurt. Atsu goes home. He takes care of him. Um, and while they're having dinner, Omi has the bright idea that they should drink. And so he like he pulls out the wine and the whiskey because one he's in pain, um, and he's kind of annoyed at the fact that he's in pain. So he wants to like get drunk to like take his mind off that he kind of just offers some to Atsumi because Atsumi is there but Omi is feeling like getting a little tipsy tonight and that's when that's when the thick really um takes off mm-hmm. and then we get our first NSFW scene because um Atsumi's they're talking about like that he can't jerk off because <laughs> his hand is broken and Atsumi's like I guess I can help with that and I'm like listen mm-hmm. buddy you're not subtle exactly and then, so we get our first NSFW scene. And, okay, I have a quote from this scene. First of all, going back a little bit to page 21 in my <laughs> little book. Um, there's a part where Omi is laughing. He's giggling. And Asumu is just like, why the hell does he look so soft? And I love how they, how, like, in pretty much every Sakuatsu fic, they write Omi as, like, very prickly in general settings, that he is so soft around Atsumu, it feeds me. It really does. And then in the NSFW part, there's a part where um, it says, Atsumu's like, what am I going to do with you? Or what do I do with you? (laughs) And Sakusa says, anything you want. Mm -hmm. And I was like, sheesh. Here's the thing. I've read this fic so many times, and every time I read it, the reactions I have to the lines are the complete same. Like, I have mm-hmm. such visceral reactions. Like, in that NSF, after, like, after almost, like, you can do anything you want, they proceed to, like, get down to it. And first of all, number one, magnificent. Um, magnificent. <laughs> Asuma does, like, a whole little, like, strip tease thing. Oh, my God. <laughs> and here's the thing. Here's the thing, and this isn't any hate to the fic, but whenever, like, I've read multiple, like, fics where, like, one of them is dancing. However, my little pea brain 
cannot conceptualize what that would actually no, look crazy. like. So in my head, like they're like describing um, Burfin's describing all of these like sensual moves that Atsumi was doing, and in my head, I'm like, I have no fucking clue what that would look like because I've never seen that. So in my head, it's just Atsumi like swaying to the side or like some shit. But it's like awkward as hell in my head because I can't make it what it needs to be, and so I, I have never of- seen. I've never seen like a good strip tease. So like reading it, it's very it's difficult for my brain to picture what a good strip tease looks like. And I know it's supposed to be sexy, but I'm just sitting here like, I don't know what this is supposed to look like. Exactly. But, but you know what? Omi was eating it up. And so I was like, you know Omi what? Was. Omi's eating it up, so I'm eating it up. Like this must exactly. be good. Like Atsumu must be doing the damn thing. Like I don't know what he's doing because I can't see it in my head, but I know he's doing something. He's, he's putting those thighs to work. He's doing it. He is. Um, there's another part of detail that I really, really liked that I think is overlooked. Um, but there's a detail where they're having sex. Um, but there's fairy lights around Sakus's headboard. And I love that. That's just like, that means so much to me. Like, it's just like a little tiny detail. Mm-hmm. And it, I just, the thought of Sakusa just having fairy lights everywhere means a lot to me. I think that says a lot about his character in the book and, like, how he's, like, super soft and sweet when he's in, like, his home setting and things that make him feel comfortable. But that's not anything that he would ever let anybody else see. Right. But, of course, he lets Atomu see it. And the first night at that, <laughs> of right. course. because Okay, and then yeah, go, go ahead. for it. No, I was going to talk about the Twilight drinking game next. Because this is an important, this, this is, is important. a staple of our friendship, that Destiny. It's quite literally, I'm pretty sure... No, like, this is quite literally, like, the crux of our friendship was this mix and this scene, because, yeah. and I'll let you tell the story. Okay, so I somehow miraculously went my entire adolescence without ever having read Twilight or seen the movies, even though I was in the target audience during its height of popularity. Somehow I just missed it. It's weird because I wasn't actively trying to, I just didn't do it. So Destiny was like, listen, this is an important cultural thing that you need to witness. It's a rite of passage. It is a rite of passage. So she forced me to watch all the Twilight movies with her, and we played this drinking game that Komori, Kiyomi, and Atsumu play together, and we got, the first night that we watched Twilight together, I think we got pretty, I got pretty tipsy. I was, yeah. Just because one of them one of them is Charlie is noticeably uncomfortable. That's the entire fucking saga. Yeah. <laughs> and here's the thing. When I, was, then- when I was reading this, I immediately like took a picture of that game because I was like, one day, I don't know what friend I'm going to bully into playing this with me, even though they don't read fan fiction. I'm playing this with somebody. So the fact that we got to play it together, I was so excited. Yeah. The crux of our friendship. Honestly. And you know what? I'm happy that you did that because I remember the first time I read Hand Study and I hadn't seen Twilight and I didn't know what it was about. Mm-hmm. And they're talking about it. I was like, wow, I wish I understood these references. And now I can look back and I know who Charlie is. <laughs> and that is a blessing. You can understand the absolute craziness at take a shot every time the Volturi kills someone. Because Bro. that's quite literally all they do. That's all they do. Um, they sh- honestly, they sh- what she should have put on that list was take a fucking shot every time Bella does that damn breathy sigh that she does every God. 30 seconds throughout the entirety of, like, all... However many movies there are. I don't know. Like, five, six? There's five. There's five? Okay. Yeah. 
um, that breathy sigh. What else was it? Like they, I think it was um, Edward and Bella look into each other's eyes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a vampire hisses. I think we forgot about that. We one. forgot okay. about that one. Um, someone says monkey. They said monkey. That one's fucking funny. That one's funny. Um, Edward's like, hold on tight, spider monkey. That's absolutely cringy. That. So cringy. I'm a little, so I consider myself an awesome McKinney. However, I have a little Sokka's a kitty moment as a treat for me. When Sokka's is getting so worked up about mm-hmm. how stupid this movie is, literally me when we were watching, because I had no reason to have such a visceral hatred for Edward. Yeah. But I did. It was so intense, too. I don't like him. <laughs> oh, my Moving God. on. Yes, let's move uh, on. Another thought before we devolve into this being about Twilight. <laughs> Another thought is after, so Atsumu and Osamu are together, and Atsumu admits to Osamu that he has feelings for Kiyomi, and Osamu's just like, don't get too close, you know, don't have sex with him, blah, 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 and Atsumu's like, hmm, heard. And then he, what does he do? He goes and has sex with, with Kiyomi. Honestly... What's even funnier about that is that, like, he's, like, don't have sex with him. And, like, he was already having sex with him. So it just reminds me of that TikTok was, like, I already did it. Like, yeah. not only did he already do it, he's going to keep doing it. Because <laughs> yeah, I, I already did it. All right. It's you know that? Mm-hmm. Go, go for it. Go for it. I was going to say, oh. it's time to get into something a little serious. Um, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I did mention Heart of Gold Atsumuf, right? And how sweet and domestic. And he just literally, okay, here's the thing. This is, a, this is like, this happens in the beginning. So it's not like an end of the book spoiler. But in that first NSFW scene, um, I react to it the same exact way every time. But like, they're both drunk and they're hooking up. Um, and at the end, right before like Atsumuf passes out, he's like, I love you. That was so good. Um, and my body physically clenches so hard <laughs> every single time because I'm like, Atsumu, baby, what are we doing? Like, you cannot just go out here and tell this teammate, because y'all are not even friends right now. <laughs> you cannot just hook up with your teammate one time and then tell him that you that you love him and then just be so casual about it, right? And so here's the thing. Like, they can, even though that happens, like, neither of them break it off. They keep doing it, um, and things get progressively, like, more domestic and sweet, except it's, like, they really are enemies to lovers, but the enemies to lovers is always with the idiots to lovers, sub, like, subplot, because they always are so, like, on the surface into each other, but then there's always, like, something holding them back. Well, not, I don't think in this video, it wasn't necessarily anything holding Atsumi back. So I'm pretty sure if Omi was like, I love you too, that first night, even though they're teammates that have no friendship history, Atsumi probably would have been like, let's go for it and get married or something like that. No, that's that's absolutely what he would have But done. here's the thing. I say all that to say that the fluff in this fic is so painful. It is so painful. And I, I don't understand how fluff can be fluffy and painful at the same time. Um, because we, <laughs> this friends with benefits thing always comes to it like a head, right? They like, can only be like fooling around in blissful ignorance for so long. And mind you, 
Oscar has already said that he loves him. He's already had the conversation with his brother. His brother knows what's going on in Atsumu's head, so he tells him not to keep doing this to himself, but Atsumu will not listen because he can't resist Omi. And Omi is literally, like, giving such mixed signals, and then he has that conversation with Kamori, um, where he's just, like, they're on the phone, and Kamori's like, listen, I haven't heard from you, and, like, three days and that's a lot like you and you're home you're not busy why haven't i heard from you and omi's just casually like oh yeah otsumu's been here and he's like otsumu's been where like in your apartment and he's like yeah like staying there he's like yeah he's like so y'all cook together yeah y'all hang out yeah and y'all are also doing the nasty and he's like yeah so i was like so he's like okay omi so when did you get a boyfriend and not tell me and then everything goes downhill from there. Oh my god. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Omi, this is something that I really love about this fic, is it feels, like, very raw and emotional. Because I think the way people react in this fic, between Atsumu and Sakusa, is it's very broad strokes. You know, mm-hmm. like, it's... I think as writers at least in, in my opinion, there's a tendency to overanalyze the way a character should react and have them react in the way that we would want them to. I yeah. guess that makes sense, like, in the best way possible. And maybe that's not necessarily always the most realistic thing. Like, not saying that thinking about how your character should react is a bad thing. Yeah. Um, but it feels like every reaction in this is a very gut visceral reaction especially like when Kiyomi and Atsumu are talking about Atsumu's past where he slept with Hinata Mm -hmm. Kiyomi feels this like gut deep jealousy and Mm -hmm. it's just like a very real and very raw feeling and that's Mm -hmm. what I really like about this fic is it feels like very true to like the way that sometimes we react with emotions without thinking about it yeah on the way go ahead sorry no no no. I was just gonna say I agree with that and like I think Omi's reaction to like hearing that like Otsumu is being perceived as his boyfriend like my first like initial reaction is like Omi you're like quite literally so stupid because y'all have been doing this like he's there every day cooking and cleaning for you like this man literally peels the sheets off of his bed like puts them in the washer and dryer washes them at the highest temperature the way he knows Omi likes like he unbandages his hand daily to like re-bandage it and like put his little like hand healing cream or whatever the hell he has to put on it on his hand every day he cooks for this man like y'all are fornicating on the regular i don't know why i said fornicating they are literally (laughs) they're having having sex on the regular um so it should be quite obvious and like omi is so emotionally constipated and it's so easily to be like it's so i think at first i was like you know what omi you're literally stupid but then i remember that i too am emotionally constipated and so (laughs) it's not i i can see why it wouldn't be that simple and omi has like mommy issues in this fic or family issues i don't know if it's specifically mommy issues he's got some issues he has issues he has issues with relationships because he was essentially neglected as a child um in the way that his parents were rich but never there for him um and he was just taught through like experience that any relationship that he's ever gonna have is gonna come to an end um, and so the idea that him and Atsumu could be in a relationship, like, spikes this deep-rooted fear and anxiety in him because he's like, well, 
I can't do this because relationships are bad and they end and I don't want to do this. Like, and if it was up to Omi, he would just keep doing the whole friends with benefits thing, like indefinitely because he enjoys it. Except we know that that's not going to be enough because we know Atsumu's already in love with Omi. And so they're not, he's not going to want to stay there forever, except he probably would have stayed there a little bit longer if Omi didn't lash out at him. I want to talk about that because yeah. after him and Kiyomi or after Kiyomi and Komori have their little phone conversation where Komori's like, when do you get a boyfriend? Kiyomi spirals a little bit. He's freaking out. And so he breaks off this thing with Atsumu and he says, it, this was just a fling. I don't even like you. And in my notes, the only thing I have written is anger, anger, the way I felt, I wanted to like, scream at him I was so mad yeah and he would say that it's such a lie it's such a lie and why would you try to hurt him in the most hurtful way possible because you are spiraling here's mm-hmm. the thing here's the thing I am captain of the Oxmo protection squad I do not like seeing slander in any way I hate the way that it is such a common thing in this like haiku fandom or whatever that whenever there's trauma Literally 90% of the time, it is Atsumu that is the one that's dealing with that trauma. And I was like, why is my baby with the heart of gold always the one going through it? Because, yes, Kiyomi is spiraling. But literally, he turned to Atsumu, who is sensitive and has already said, I love you. Um, And mind you, at this point, Atsumu has tried to break it off with Kiyomi. He told him that he didn't want to do this anymore. Um, And then Omi, like, basically, like... I think one night Atsumu, he comes back anyway, even though he doesn't want to do like the sex thing with um, Omi anymore. He comes back anyway to take care of him and to make sure that everything's good with his hand and he's going to leave. And then basically like Omi like propositions him and he's like, listen, like he's like, um, he, he tries to get Atsumu to have sex with him. And I think Atsumu resolutely, like he turns him down firmly. He's like, no, I'm not doing this. And he leaves. However, he comes back again and then Omi does the same thing again. And then, like, Atsumu lets it happen. Except it, this time, it feels different from the other times. Because the whole entire time, Atsumu is, like, off. And, mm-hmm. like, like the air is different. And it feels very much like hate sex. Except that's not what, <laughs> like, it should be, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And then towards yeah. the end, Atsumu is <clears throat> very upset about it. Because, one, yet again, like there was a boundary that was caught. And Atsumu is very, like, pro-boundary in this way. So, like, mm-hmm. they did some stuff, like, some, like, light, like, BDSM stuff that they didn't talk about beforehand. So Atsumu is upset about that again because safety and the fact that we're not communicating about that kind of stuff before we do it. Um, and on top of that, the fact that they had sex again, even though Atsumu didn't want to. Um, well, he, like, he consented to doing that with Omi right then and there, but like he's upset right. about the fact that he let himself like slip back into that. Um, and so like once it gets to the point where like Omi turns around, he's like, well, I don't even like you when Austin has already tried to get out of it and like let him back in. It was like the biggest slap in the face because he like put himself out there so much. Um, and to add insult to injury after Ots- like after Omi breaks it off with Atsumu, Omi proceeds to completely ignore Atsumu's entire existence for the next six months. I'm, I'm going to say that again. Six months. <laughs> I need you to understand, for half a year, he showed up to practice and pretended like Atsumu did not exist. Hello? Yeah. Yeah. 
It hurts. It hurts. Oh my god. That's I want to talk about my favorite part of this fic, which Go is ahead. Kiyomi's chapter. So like uh the, the second half of the book is like the last three chapters. One is about Kiyomi in like the six months that he spends away from Atsumu. And then the next one is about Atsumu's time that he spends away from Kiyomi. And then the last chapter is the resolution. And my favorite part is in Kiyomi's chapter. He's talking to Oikawa because they like meet up and they're both crying because mm-hmm. Oikawa lost Iwa. That's kind of like a side plot. But my favorite part, and I think this is like a quote when I bought the book from Burfin, she like sent these little like business card looking things that mm-hmm. had different things about the thing. And one of them is this quote on it. And it, Oikawa says it to Kiyomi and it says, I think we make the mistake of measuring our self-worth with the love and acceptance we've received from the people we want the most. The first time I read this fic, I read it in one night and it was 3 a.m. And I read this line and I sobbed like mm-hmm. unprompted. I was not expecting to cry in this fic. I read that and I cried. I really did. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love that. <laughs> and that's such a, a it's a really powerful line. And it's really true. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really true. And I think it's a really, like, akin to, like, Atsumu. It hurts even more because it's such a common trope in these fics where, like, Atsumu, like, loves so much, but then he doesn't think that he's deserving of any kind of love. And so half the time he just ends up accepting whatever, which is how he gets into these situations, like, over and over again. And that's pretty mm-hmm. painful. But I think another thing to know is the way... The way in the six months that Omi is being a literal jackass, I'm sorry. Omi and this last half of the fic made me so angry. It made me want to rampage, honestly. Because Omi, to cope with the fact that, like, he's upset. He's upset about, like, him not being with Atsumu anymore. He becomes a plant dad, right? And he's having his little self-care moment, I guess. But he's also making zero moves to try to, like, reconnect or, like you know, hash things out or get any type of closure with Atsumu. On the flip side, Atsumu's literally spiraling into the depths of hell. Quite literally. Like, he starts, one, he's, like, crying. He starts to lose himself. Um, He starts doing drugs. (laughs) Like, that's just thrown in there. He starts doing drugs. And, like, he, like, it doesn't really focus Honestly, and it doesn't really focus that heavily on, like, the, like, entirety of what, what Atsumu is going through. But what you can, like, glean from, like, little brief things that we get is that it was pretty fucking fucked up. Um, mm-hmm. And what pisses me off is the fact that, like, so basically Oikawa and Omi, they, they I don't remember, they meet by chance. But they end up clicking and mm-hmm. becoming friends and also trying to hook up to get over for Oikawa to try to get over Iwa. And then Sakusa trying to get over Atsumu. Um, mm-hmm. And they don't really actually hook up. They kiss and they realize that this isn't going to work. Um, right. So they just become friends instead. And it's literally Oikawa talking to Omi, telling him, like, hey, I've already lost the love of my life. And it's too late for me to get him back. But it's not too late for you. And that's the conversation that pulls Omi's head out of his ass six months later. Mm-hmm. Are you joking? So I was like, were you just going to let this man, like, go? Because you couldn't, like, accept the fact that, like, y'all were in a relationship. It was so painful. That's the kind of angst that, like, makes me nervous. Because, like, six months is a long stretch of time to go by. And, like, Atsumi was Mm -hmm. going through a lot of real shit. And I was like, this is supposed to be angst with a happy ending. 
I'm like, oh, me, if you don't fuck around and, like, fix your attitude real quick, I'm not seeing how I'm going to get my happy ending. And that's going to make me upset. So to wrap up this discussion, so they end up getting back together. Yeah. It's a little angsty. We love to see it. However, at the end of the fic, Atsuma proposes to Atsuma. Or Atsuma proposes to Kiyomi. They've been, like, dating for a while at this point. They live together. And I just have a little aside. This is really irrelevant. However, it means a lot to me. Um, so Asmi proposes, and with the ring, he it's a sapphire. And I love that because I have um, a bias against diamonds. As a geology major, I feel like I need to come out and say that diamonds are the stupidest rock you can get on an engagement ring. Mm-hmm. Um they're literally carbon, and on an atomic level, they are consistently and always turning back to graphite because the structure of a diamond is unstable. Mm. So a diamond is forever bullshit. In a couple million years, that's going to be a hunk of graphite. So <laughs> this is important, Destiny, a fact that I need you to know. Listen, I'm not um, even disagreeing with you. I, I also think diamonds are stupid, not for geological reasons, but I completely agree now that I know that they're just hunks of graphite pretending to be fancy. It's, there's like a whole thing. I have like a, a long spiel about diamonds that I won't get into. Yeah. Um, however, I think it's just like there's other gemstones that are like fun colors. Yeah. Like why would you get like a clear one? If if I want someone to propose to me, it better be a fun mineral. I want tanzanite. I've thought a lot about this. <laughs> I've a lot about what rock I want. Because as a geology major, it's important. Yeah. And tanzanite, it's pretty. Labradorite is my favorite mineral, but I don't think it'd look good, like small. So, in case you ever propose to be Destiny, make sure you get Tanzanite. Tanzanite. You know that. Honestly, okay. Well, we can revisit this conversation in, like, 30 years and check in and see how we're doing. Check in. We'll, we'll, we'll I would check pl- in. I'll platonically marry you. Your I would boyfriend who? Your exactly. boyfriend who? Exactly. I don't know him. <laughs> Do you know that TikTok? There was, like, um, this is my boyfriend, um, and that's my boyfriend's boyfriend, Steve, and he's really gay for Steve, but straight for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what it would be. That's what it would be. This is my girlfriend, Destiny, and that's her boyfriend. And she's really (laughs) straight for him, but she's really gay for me. Yeah. We'd love to see it. (laughs) Bye, Queens United. But anyways, our final thoughts on Hand Study is that you should really go read it. It was really a Mm -hmm. joy to read. Um, And... Burfin is such an amazing writing. She's a writer. She's mm-hmm. written. I, she's also written another fic called Laid Bear right there. That's also another mm-hmm. fic. That's one of my favorites. Um, I haven't read that one. It's on my spreadsheet. You should check it out. Also, we have links oh. in our bio that has both of our spreadsheets and like TikTok information, all of that, just in case you like care about checking that out. If anybody has made it to this point in the fic, I mean, into this point of the podcast, because we talked for a little bit longer than last time. But if you have made it this so. far, you should check that out. I also, um, so in our little link tree in our Twitter bio, um, again, that's Haikyuu fanfic pod <laughs> spelled out with one U. Um, there is a link to an AO3 collection that I started. So all the fix that we have podcast episodes for will be in that collection. Um, a lot of the times you have to get approved by the author to be included with the collection. So right now they're just bookmarked there, but hopefully um, they'll be added anyway. So yeah. if you're ever what if you're ever like I want to read this fic I don't want to search for it there's a collection for it there is a collection for it and both of our spreadsheets have a long list of mm-hmm. like just different fics that we like very much enjoy so much so if you'd like to like check that out 
please do because you know they're fun to make and <laughs> we like consistently update them because we have control issues um mm -hmm. and so yeah but thank you so much for listening and we'll see you in the next one all right bye bye